Book Two, Chapter One of Saint Francis of Assisi: A Biography by Johannes Jorensen, translated by Thomas O'Connor Sloan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Francis the Evangelist, Chapter One: The First Disciples. Preco mani regis, I am the great king's herald. Thus had Francis that April day, in 1207, answered the robbers in the woods of Monte Subasio, and he had in that ejaculation given the war cry and motto for all of his future life. It was after the mass of St. Matthew and Portiuncula that it became clear to him how this career of Harold should be carried to a conclusion, and now he wasted no time in beginning it from that day on a remarkable sight was to be seen in assisi now here now there in the streets and squares of the city a figure showed itself clad in a peasant's gray cloak of undyed wool with a hood drawn over the head and a rope around the waist he greeted all whom he met as he went along with the words the lord give you peace and where he saw a larger crowd assemble, he went to them, stood barefoot upon a flight of steps, or on a stone, and began to pray. This remarkable man was the son of Pietro di Bernardone, who thus began his work as an evangelist. What he said was very simple and without art. It only concerned one thing, namely, peace as the greatest good for man peace with god by keeping his commandments peace with man by a righteous conduct peace with oneself by the testimony of a good conscience the laughter which a year before had greeted francis when he made public entrance into his native city was evidently stilled after the scene in the bishop's palace they listened to him with attention even with reverence and the words which he said were not forgotten they fell like living seed into many a receptive mind into many a heart which without knowing it longed greatly to live its life nearer to god thus it was that francis in a little while found disciples as the first we are told of a pious and simple man from assisi whose name has not been preserved for us and of whom history knows no more the first disciple known to history is therefore bernard of quintavalle bernard was a merchant like francis and apparently not much older than he he did not belong to francis's circle but followed his wonderful career only at a distance at the outset like so many he had only taken francis's conversion and church-building as a new craze with him but as time went on and francis continued to persevere in his way of life bernard's doubts turned into regard and his wondering became admiration bernard certainly had led hitherto a perfectly regular and good civic life what seized him now was the feeling which Sabatier has in one place so beautifully called la nostalgia de la santité, homesickness for holiness. 
the sacred fire burst out within his soul the desire for over-sanctification which is the innermost kernel of christianity the longing to give up the thousand things with which the soul vainly creates unrest and perturbation for itself and to seek the one thing which satisfies there ripened in him the determination to follow francis to be poor like him wear his habit and live his life the desire to be satisfied with little a deep supernatural longing as well as an insatiability that never can get enough waxed stronger and stronger within him but hitherto he had never talked with francis on the subject on the contrary he found a kindred soul and a confidant in one of the canons of the cathedral church of san rufino pietro dei catani a layman who in his position of law council of the church enjoyed one of its prebendships. in later legends it is told how bernard before he finally enrolled himself under francis tried to find out by a trick if francis's piety was true or assumed he asked francis a number of times to spend the night with him an invitation which he who at this time could hardly be said to have any fixed abode gladly accepted one evening therefore he asked his guest into his own sleeping chamber where after the custom in the better class of houses a light was kept burning all night but to hide his holiness thus it is told in the chronica twenty four generalium and in the fioretti st francis cast himself on the bed as soon as he came into the room and acted as if he slept and after a while bernard did the same beginning to snore strongly as if in deep slumber and st francis who believed that bernard really slept arose from his bed and started to pray while with eyes and hands raised towards heaven and with great devotion and fervor he cried out my god and my all and thus he remained praying and weeping greatly until morning and repeated constantly my god and my all and said nothing more that back of this tale there is concealed a real occurrence is clear from thomas of chelano's briefer description bernard saw francis praying at night sleeping little praising god and his mother the blessed virgin as day dawned bernard determined to follow francis therefore irrevocably he laid before him his wish in the form of a question for solution in a case of conscience if some one he said had received from his master property entrusted to his care be it much or little and had had possession of it for many years and now wanted to keep it no longer what would be the best way to act in such a case give it back to him of whom he had received it was francis's obvious answer but my brother the case is this that all that i own of earthly property i have received from my god and lord jesus christ and now i want to give it back again as it may seem best to you to perform it then francis said 
what you tell me of lord bernard is so great and difficult a work that we will ask our lord jesus christ for advice about it and pray to him to let us know his will and to teach us how we shall bring this intention to execution we therefore next morning will go into the church and read in the book of gospels what the lord told his disciples to do when the time came pietro de catani seems to have reached his decision in any case the three men went together the few paces across the assisi marketplace to the church of san nicolo which occupied what is now the site of a barracks of carabineers here they entered and prayed together whereupon francis went up to the altar and took the mass-book opened it and found the following words if thou wilt be perfect go sell what thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven twice more he opened the book and found the first time if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me and the next time and he commanded them that they should take nothing for the way as francis closed the book he turned himself towards the two men and said brothers this is your life and our rule and not only ours but all theirs who wish to live with us go away therefore and do that which you have heard but bernard of quintavalle arrested his steps on the square of the church of san giorgio now the piazza santa chiara and began to distribute all his property to the poor and francis stood by his side and praised god in his heart in place of pietro di bernardone he had chosen a beggar for a father and now god sent him a far better brother than angelo while bernard and francis thus stood together and pietro dei catani had also gone in search of his possessions it happened that a priest came by from whom francis had bought stone for the restoration of san damiano this priest whose name was sylvester had sold the stone cheap perhaps on account of the good object it was to be devoted to when he now saw so much money given away he approached and said to francis the stone which you in your time bought from me you paid for only poorly incensed at the covetousness of the priest francis suddenly reached down into the money which bernard had in the lap of his cloak and without counting the amount poured it out into the priest's hands as he asked i wonder if you are now satisfied sir priest but sylvester thanked him coldly and went away as the legends tell this occurrence was none the less the beginning of a new life for the avaricious priest he began to draw comparisons between his own avarice and the contempt for property and gold shown by these two young laymen and the words no one can serve two masters began to ring like a judgment in his soul over the life he had hitherto led after a further delay he too had to come to francis and beg him to receive him among the brethren 
the three brothers and followers of christ after all was arranged left assisi together and spent the night in portiuncula near this church they next erected a hut of bows plastered with mud where they could find a refuge for the night and pray in the daytime it was down here also that a young man from assisi named giles in latin egidius in italian egidio eight days after bernard's conversion sought to join them naturally the treatment awarded to their possessions by the rich bernard and the accomplished lawyer pietro had excited the greatest attention in the city and was the inexhaustible source of conversation as well by day on the market-place as by night at the fires where were held veglia on such an evening of gossip before the sparkling fire of juniper branches and chestnut embers which in the cold april evenings were necessary in assisi giles heard his family talk about francis and his friends next morning giles rose early troubled about his salvation as the old legends say it was april twenty third the feast of the martyr st george and the young man betook himself to st george's church to hear mass thence he took the direct road down to portiuncula where he knew that st francis would keep himself at the hospital of san salvatore degli pareti the road forks and giles prayed god that he might select the right one his prayer was heard for after wandering about a while he approached a wood and saw francis coming out of it giles at once cast himself at the feet of francis and begged to be received into the brotherhood but francis looked at giles pious young face raised him up and said dearest brother god has shown you a wonderful favor for if the emperor were to come to assisi and wished to make one of the citizens his knight or his chamberlain then would the citizen be greatly rejoiced how much more should you rejoice whom god has chosen as his true knight and servant and to maintain the holy evangelical perfection and he took him to the place where the other brothers were keeping themselves and presented him to them with these words the lord our god has sent us a new good brother let us therefore rejoice in the lord and eat together in charity but after the meal was ended francis and giles went up to assisi to obtain cloth for the new brother's habit on the way an old woman met them and asked for alms then francis turned around toward brother giles and said to him as he looked at him with an angel's expression my dearest brother let us for god's sake give your cloak to this poor woman and brother giles at once took off his beautiful cloak and gave it to the woman and it seemed to him thus he told it afterwards that this alms seemed to ascend to heaven but he himself felt in his heart an inexpressible joy there were now four living together in the hut at portiuncula in this first year they had little need for a house and home for they spent most of their time in missionary trips what francis had up to this time done alone the four did together or in couples 
thus francis associated himself with giles whom he had quickly learned to love and whom with an expression borrowed from his reading of romance he called his knight of the round table and with him started on a trip through the nearest environs to mark ancona the region between the apennines and the adriatic sea on his return francis had the happiness to receive three new disciples sabatino morico and john the last name acquired the title of capella of the hat because he was the first to wear a hat in violation of the rule of the order all seven started out again and francis now chose rieti in the sabine mountains as the goal for his mission in contrast to the regular ecclesiastical eloquence francis and his friends were to the last degree simple in their preaching his sermons had more of the flavor of exhortations than of elaborated discourses they were artless words which came from the heart and went to the heart his preaching always came back to three points fear god love god convert yourself from bad to good and when francis was through brother giles would add what he says is true listen to him and do as he says wherever they went their sermons excited the greatest attention in peasant circles to some they looked like wild animals women ran away when they saw them coming others would speak to them asking what order they belonged to and whence they came they answered that they were of no order but were only men from assisi who lived a life of penance but if they were penitents they were not for that reason shamefaced with francis at their head who sang in french praised and glorified god for his untiring goodness to them they were able to rejoice so much says one of the biographers because they had abandoned so much when they wandered in the spring sunshine free as the birds in the sky through the green vineyards of mark ancona they could only thank the almighty who had freed them from all the snares and deceits which those who love the world are subject to and suffer from so sadly before sending out his six disciples francis had assembled them in the forest about him near portiuncula where they were wont often to pray in his own cheerful yet impressive manner he addressed them on the subject of the kingdom of god as they were going out to induce men to despise the world to subdue their self-will to discipline the body go out my beloved ones and announce the gospel of peace and conversion be patient in trouble give to all who insult you an humble answer bless them who persecute you thank those who do you wrong and slander you because for all this your reward shall be great in heaven and fear not because you are unlearned men for you do not speak by yourselves but the spirit of your heavenly father will speak through you you will find some men who are true good and peaceful they will receive you and your word with gladness others and these in great number 
you will on the other hand find to be revilers of god they will oppose you and speak against you be therefore prepared to endure all things patiently after these words francis embraced them one by one as a mother her children blessed them and gave them as a last ailment for the road this extract from the bible cast thy care upon the lord and he shall sustain thee thus the disciples went out into the world traveling in pairs and when they came to a church or a cross or merely saw a church tower in the distance they bowed down in the dust and uttered the little prayer which francis had taught them we adore thee o christ here and in all thy churches over the whole world and we bless thee because by thy holy cross thou hast redeemed us but if they approached one of the small towns which then as now stood upon the mountain tops with circling walls and towers they directed their steps in through the city gates and when they were come to the market-place they stopped and began to sing the song of praise which francis had taught them and which ran thus fear and honor praise and bless give thanks and adore the lord god omnipotent in trinity and unity father and son and holy ghost creator of all things do penance make fruits worthy of penance for know that you soon will die give and it will be given unto you forgive and it will be forgiven unto you and if you will not have forgiven men their sins the lord will not forgive you your sins confess all your sins bless those who die in penance for they will be in the kingdom of heaven woe to those who do not die in penance for they will be the sons of the devil whose works they do and will go into eternal fire beware and abstain from all evil and persevere up to the end in good the brothers soon had need of the warning to be patient which francis had given them for use on their journeys many regarded them as weak-minded and in the heartless way of the times derided them and threw the dirt of the street upon them others robbed them of their clothing and like good men of the gospel the brothers made no resistance but went their way half naked others seized the brothers by the cowls and carried them on their backs as if they were meal sacks others came to them with dice stuck them in their hands and asked them to gamble some others took them for thieves and wanted to refuse them shelter for the night so that the brothers often had to sleep in caves cellars or porches of houses or churches together with an associate the latter according to thomas of chaleno was brother giles bernard of quintavalle went northwards and reached florence here they for a long time travelled about the city vainly seeking refuge for the night at last they found a porch outside of a house and now they thought that they might rest at last they knocked and got permission from the woman of the house to spend the night in the shelter of some woodsheds that stood there scarcely had this been arranged for 
when the master of the house came home and started to quarrel with his wife about her rather moderate hospitality she managed to pacify him to such an extent that they got permission to stay they can steal nothing but a little of the firewood down there she remonstrated with him but a rug she had intended to lend the two wanderers she was not allowed to give them although it was winter time and the night was cold but after a poor sleep bernard and his companion left their inhospitable host early in the morning overcome by cold and hunger and betook themselves to the nearest church as soon as the bell rang for eight o'clock service their hostess found herself soon after in the same church and as she saw the brothers praying so piously she thought to herself if these men had been thieves or robbers they would not have been here now and taken so devout a part in the divine service while the woman was occupied with these thoughts she saw a man named guido enter who every morning went to the church to give alms to the poor beggars who gathered together there on his rounds he came to bernard and his companion but they refused to take anything guido astonished asked are you not paupers like the others that you will take nothing bernard answered certainly we are paupers but poverty is no burden to us for in our case it is voluntary and it is in obedience to the will of god that we are poor still more astonished guido asked them other questions and ascertained that bernard had been a very wealthy man but had given everything away so as to be able without disturbance to preach the gospel of peace and conversion at this moment the woman in front of whose house the brothers had spent the night joined in the conversation bernard's refusal of money from guido had convinced her of the utter injustice she had done the two strangers christiani she now said using a mode of address still common in italy you christian men if you will return to my house i will gladly receive you under my roof but when guido now heard how no one the night before had been willing to receive them he at once offered them hospitality and thanking the woman who had come to a better state of mind the brothers accepted the last offer as before mentioned francis had chosen rieti as his own mission district for this time from terni he followed the course of the river velino which brought him through a whole series of larger or smaller towns strancone cantalice poggio bustone greccio everywhere he found as the legends tell us the fear of god and the love of god almost vanished and the way of penitence untrod and despised the broad way the way of the world the way the three evil lusts urge men along were thickly frequented the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of the world had almost unlimited sway to block the wrong and endless way of lust was therefore everywhere the principal task for francis at the present time in the valley of rieti 
the great saint's preaching in those early days is regarded as an evangelization in the proper signification of this word a conversion from heathenism to christianity it was while engaged in this work that francis according to his biographers was made certain of the forgiveness of his sins the certainty of which may be said to have been absolutely necessary to carry out the work which he was to do five hundred meters high in the mountain above the town of poggio bustone and a thousand meters above the plain there is a cave to which francis true to his assisi habits was wont to betake himself for prayer here in the great loneliness and dead silence where only a single bird twittered and a mountain brook gurgled francis knelt long hours together on the hard stone under the naked cliff and if we wish to really understand francis we must follow him to this mountain cave there had been and was still the hermit as well as evangelist and missionary in his make-up and wherever he has set his feet are found these grottoes and caves these Aramy and retiri to which he was accustomed from time to time to withdraw himself carceri at assisi saint urbano at narni fonte colombo at rieti monte casale at borgo san sepulcro celle at cortona lacoste at notiano sotiano at chiusi laverna in the valley of casentino give widespread testimony that the spirit which inspired francis of assisi was none other than that which in the latest of the olden days had inspired benedict of nursia and the same which later in the first of the modern days was to inspire ignatius of loyola francis in poggio bustone or by fonte colombo is a side place to benedict in sagrospeco by subiaco to ignatius loyola in the cave at manresa to all of them applies the same twofold exhortation pray and work ora et labora all three strove in the midst of the industry of martha to have the devotion of mary and in the cave at poggio bustone francis tried to have such an hour as that of mary at the feet of the crucified one perhaps he had already uttered the prayer which is first revealed to us in the later hours of his life and which in all its comprehensive conciseness is given here who art thou my dear lord and god and who am i thy miserable worm of a servant my dearest lord i want to love thee my lord and my god i give thee my heart and my body and would wish if i only knew how to do still more for the love of thee in any case there was a double abyss as angela foligno has called it which in these hours of lonely prayer yawned in front of francis the divine being's abyss of goodness and light and opposed to it his own abyss of sin and darkness for who was he that he dared to be the finger-post for mankind and the master of disciples 
he only who a few years ago had been a child of the world among children of the world a sinner among sinners who was he who dared to preach to others to warn others to guide others he who was not worthy to take the holy and pure name of jesus christ into his impure mortal mouth then he thought of what he had been of what he yet might be if god did not stand by him for that danger was always within his nature when he thought next of what others thought of him some who honored him some who followed him some who hated him it was then he knew not where to hide himself for very shame and the words of the apostle rang in his ears lest perhaps when i have preached to others i myself should become a castaway thus humility raged in his soul like a lion that leaves nothing of his prey but grinds the bones for the marrow and all torn asunder all annihilated francis cast himself on his face before god the god who had made heaven and earth the god who is all truth and all holiness and before whose omnipotence nothing can stand without complete truth complete holiness francis looked into the depths of his being and he saw that on the whole earth there was not to be found a more useless creature a greater sinner a soul more lost and fallen to the bad than himself and from the depths of his need he groaned before god lord be merciful to me a poor sinner and it came to pass that the empty cave over poggio bustone beheld a miracle one that always happens when a soul in complete distrust of itself calls out to its god in confidence and hope and charity then there comes to pass the great miracle of justification i fear everything from my badness but from thy goodness i also hope for all this was the innermost meaning of the prayer francis sent up to god and the answer came as it always comes fear not my son thy sins are forgiven thee from this hour francis was fully armed for the things that awaited him he was drawn into the heart of christianity because he had abandoned everything he was to win everything for not only had he given up father and mother house and home property and money but what means more than all else if god was to belong to him and he to god he had given up himself all his righteousness from now on was that which the apostle says is given by christ to the faithful and his life in holiness breathed out this righteousness therefore it is true with a deeper truth than that of history what the fioretti relates in the tenth chapter but one day brother maceo from marignano said to saint francis i wonder why the whole world runs after thee more than after others and all men want to see thee and hear thee and obey thee thou art not fair body thou art not deeply learned thou art not of noble birth why does the whole world run after thee 
when saint francis heard this he rejoiced in his soul and turned his eyes to heaven and stood a long time thus with soul uplifted to god and when he came to himself he kneeled down and gave thanks and praise to god and turned to brother maceo and said to him with great spiritual power do you wish to know why this happens to me do you wish to know why the whole world runs after me for i know that thing from the all-seeing god whose eyes see the good and the bad over all the earth for these most holy eyes have nowhere seen a greater more miserable poorer sinner than i because in all the earth he has found no more wretched being to do his wonderful work which he wishes to have done therefore he has chosen me so as thus to put to shame the noble the great strength and beauty worldly wisdom that all may know that all power and all virtue come from him and not from creatures and that no one can exalt himself before his face but he who praises himself let him praise himself in the lord for his is the honor and the power for ever and ever end of book two chapter one